Welcome back to Simple Joyful Home, a Come Follow Me podcast with Emily and Alicia. Week after week, they'll draw inspiration from the reading, leaving you with simple and useful tools to strengthen your confidence, your spirit, and your family. Together, you'll transform the study of religion into a real relationship with Christ. Powerful tools and superstar listeners like you means everyone can have a simple, joyful home. Take it away, ladies. Hey, this is Alicia. And this is Emily. And get excited, guys, because we have Dave and Julie Rexick. Hello. Hello. Here we are. Good. Well, <laughs> I love it. These guys are two of my favorite people. Um, Julie and I have a lot of fun. We exercise a lot together. And and Dave and Julie, we, we have a fun friend group that we like to hang out with. And these guys are awesome. They have six kids, five daughters, which I'm grateful for because it means there's balance in the world, <laughs> and one boy. And he's kind of squished in the middle there. One little boy. One little boy. He's super cute. Anyway, and they are just a wonderful couple that are strong in the with their testimonies and their life. And they have just, I'm admire, I admire their balance that they bring when I watch them. So we thought we'd bring them on because we have a fun topic today. So this week we're focused on Doctrine and Covenants section 45. And this section is full of a lot of second coming stuff. And even in the manual, it says, um, it reminds us that even Jesus' disciples were troubled by this. They're thinking, wow, this is some heavy, heavy stuff. And he said to them, be not troubled. And reminded us that there is evidence that when we see these things, there's evidence that God's work is hastening and that He, his coming is closer. And so as we thought about those things and and just looking for the positive, looking for what we can look forward to, and also instead of all the hard calamities and all the crazy, you know, sky is falling signs, what are the things we can look forward to that bring us light and encouragement and hope, um, that hope that comes with Christ, and also what are the things we can do right now in our home? And this week, we're going to focus on two scriptures in this section. The first one is for section 45, verse 9, and the other one is verse 66. Okay, so verse 9 says, And even so I have sent mine everlasting covenant into the world to be a light to the world, and to be a standard for my people, for the Gentiles, to seek to it, and to be a messenger before my face, to prepare the way before me. That standard we know that a standard unifies and it rallies us and it helps us know where to gather and what to do. Um, so that's one of the reasons why we chose that scripture. Well, I like the, another way of looking at standard is an enzyme or a flag, kind mm-hmm. of something that signals, Hey, I'm here. It's kind of like you're drawn to this standard as well. So it's another way of looking at standard as we talk about it. Keep that in yes, mind. Love that. It's a good image. Yeah. Yeah. And so in verse 66, it also says, and it shall be called the new Jerusalem, a land of peace, a city of refuge, a place of safety for the saints of the most high God. And this one we liked because it's, it talks about basically Zion. And, you know, nowadays we're, we think of it as the Zion is a place we are at and how can we create this Zion? So of course here we like applying things to our home and our families. So, you know, we have this thought of um, the second coming and some of that fear that brings to it. But we also have a lot of fear in the world just today. 
And if we can look for hope in the second coming, that the Savior is coming, um, and the blessings that brings, we can also look at the hope now and what can we do now in our homes that can bring that feeling of peace and safety um, as the world is kind of raging around us too. So one of the reasons why I'm super excited that the Rec Six are here today, because the first thing that I thought as I read this section was, what standard do I have in my home, intentional and unintentional, because I think we have both, and also what what lack I yet in a standard? What do I need to add to it? What do I have in my unintentional standards that are not serving my family that create fear instead of hope? And um, it just made me really start to evaluate my own and start to look for examples of good ones, of good standards I see in homes around me. Cause I think sometimes that's where we can learn and kind of the spirit opens up opportunity for us to hear what the Lord needs us to hear. So um, we wanted to talk to the rec six today a little bit about what standards they have in their home and what things they have around them that they feel like they've developed that have helped them. Some of the things that I love that I've heard about them a lot is that even with all the outside influences, there are other family members, their outside family, you know, outside of their immediate family, that they have had this unique ability to find the standard that works for their home, even if it's different from their families of origin. And I think that that is so important. We can build on where we've come from, but still create something unique for our individual homes. And that's how it should be because our families are unique. And so anyway, you guys can take this. The first thing that comes to my mind is uh, the talk that was by Joy D. Jones in the recent general conference about essential conversations. We do homeschool. I have one of my children that just does homeschool and other some that do part homeschool, part public school, and then one that's just in public school. So we have a variety. Every year we've done something different and we do what fits each child and our family situation and different things. But, um, I think the important thing is those essential conversations that if they're, whether they're doing homeschool or going to school, that we're talking about what's important, that what you hear, you know, some things they might be hearing at school, we ask them what's going on, what have you heard? And then we can um, kind of guide them to what is right. You know, if they have a question and they're like, I don't, wasn't so sure about this that I heard at school today, whether it be something that's taught in the class or something they've heard from a peer, there's both things come up as that can be an issue. Or sometimes they're saying that they're saying things that, you know, maybe they said or did at school that didn't go so well. So (laughs) we want to, we want to make sure that we have open communication always with our kids and kind of talk through everything because we don't want, we don't ever feel like there's only one way to do something. We got to be able to kind of work through things, talk it out and discuss things with a gospel perspective, be forgiving, understanding, prayerful, things like that. Also, um, do the, fa- our family council regularly. But recently, uh, my sister-in-law sent me a link about the, you know, the breakdown of family councils and how important they are and how it's, we can kind of follow that structure. And so we've tried to also do implement that. Um, we've started to, we're not really good at that yet, but, um, we've tried to, you know, make sure we're having those essential conversations in family councils too, and one-on-one and as a couple. To say, uh, to, you know, also to go back to the symbolism a little bit of a flag, right? Yeah. A standard is a flag, right? And I think, the United States flag, and there's rules around the United States flag that when you're flying a flag, the United States flag always flies at the top, right? If you're mm-hmm. going to fly multiple flags on the flagpole. 
and you think about all the competing priorities, all the things they hear, and not all of them are bad, right? And whether it's political or social um, issues that are going on in the news, a lot of different um, standards you could rally to, right? Mm-hmm. And not all of them are bad, right? A lot of them are really good and teach good principles, but what is that highest standard that you're flying? And how do you make sure that that stays at the top, right? And that that's sort of the focus. And and so in, the, in a lot of those essential conversations and all those conversations, uh, it's, it's really important and really beneficial too to kind of make sure that anytime you're talking with your kids seriously, that you kind of bring it back to that point, right? To bring it back to the gospel of Jesus Christ and how this strengthens their testimony. No matter what social issues you're talking about, it, you know, think of it in the context of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And no matter what um, behavior or issue you're dealing with with your children, how can you uh, correct it or teach them in terms of doctrinal points from the gospel, right? Um, in our, there's a recent um, re- regional conference, I think it was, I can't remember who said it, but it said, don't teach behaviors, teach doctrine, right? It makes a big difference both in how we, you know, when we focus on that, how we react when they've misbehaved uh, and how how they react when we're trying to correct them or teach them, right? If we're, if we're doing that in the context of how am I teaching them a gospel principle, it really, really helps. And in, in family councils and discussions like that to really say, okay, so am I bringing this back to the gospel? And, you know, helps you not get angry, helps you not, helps you kind of control your your thoughts and emotions as you just make sure that which standard am I rallying to, right? Which yeah. am I really focused on the gospel in how I'm teaching my children? And I love what I'm hearing is like the essential conversations, make sure you have that open communication and then know what you're rallying behind, right? Like what is your priority? What is that top thing that you always want to center your conversations around and and making it the doctrine and making it those principles in the gospel so that they can kind of come back to those? Is that right? Am right. I hearing that? So do you have an example of a time when you've done that with your children? Because I think sometimes it's so easy to say. And then when you go to do it, you're like, what does this look like? I have no idea what this looks like, you know? And so do you have something you can share with us or a, couple, or a story or? I was thinking of one. And the interesting thing, and maybe this is even an example of the benefits of doing this, is that I can't even remember the specific thing the child did wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I remember having the thought as I was approaching, I, I know it's, it was one of my older two daughters who were always at each other's throats, uh, <laughs> the two teenage girls, and and starting to talk to them. And the way they'd been behaving towards each other and stopping and, and, and saying, think about your sister the way, and see her the way Christ sees her, right? And how do you want her to see you? You want her to see, the way you, see you the way Christ sees you. And I just kept going back to that, uh, you know, in, through this argument where they were trying to sort of, I guess justify what they had been doing and the way they'd reacted to their sister. And and their sister was doing the same thing. And, and so I, I have these two girls here, both uh, that just want to focus on the behavior of the other person that was bad. Right. And, and trying to, trying to bring in that same principle, like, no, just like, that doesn't really matter. Right. What matters is, are you thinking about how you can repent or how you mm-hmm. can, how you can draw closer to the savior. Right. If you're feeling upset, that's, that's natural, but that's mm-hmm. that's wrong, right? This is an opportunity yeah. for you to become better, right? Yeah. And so how can you use this opportunity to, you know, as President Nelson said a few conferences ago, right, that repentance is that process, yeah, that tool that we're always using to draw closer to the Savior and kind of brought that up, like, how can you use this to become the better version of you, the version of you that Christ sees in you and that he knows you can be? 
And it was a really um, potentially upsetting scenario for parents as well, because <laughs> mm-hmm. when you have yelling teenagers um, and they don't uh, adhere to typical principles of logic um, <laughs> uh, in conversations. So, yeah. uh, so, but it, it, I was, I, I remember thinking is focusing, trying to say I'm teaching doctrine. I'm not, you know, not going to focus on their behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much calmer that kept me and kept mm-hmm. me from losing my temper to be able to have that conversation and just keep going back to um, how do I make this a gospel conversation? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I not make this about my anger or their anger, but make mm-hmm. this about really basic principles of the gospel. And I was amazed at how it calmed me down and ultimately calmed them down um, mm-hmm. as well and kind of helped it helped it really kind of come back to where it should be and, and not ever lose the spirit, right? That's the, yeah. real, that's the hardest thing to do a lot of times in disciplining is how do you not lose the spirit in the home, right? Because, oh, yeah. so, so true. Especially with teenagers. Yeah, it leaves mm-hmm. fast. Please pass. I I love that you say it keeps you calm too, because it's really hard to say, what would Jesus do when you're like yelling, right? It makes no, like that makes no sense. So it really does. It's a good catch, a good guard for for you too. I love that. I love that tool. Well, okay. So I remember a story, Julie, you told me, and it has stuck with me for months. One of your daughters was super overwhelmed with school and, and you're like, okay, Let's take a minute. Why don't you go down to your room or go up to your room? Do you remember oh, yes, this? I do remember. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My oldest was as she's starting the next semester, you know, it's been kind of a lax year. And so all of a sudden everything is coming due and she is feeling overwhelmed that, oh, I'm getting so behind on things and uh, I got to do my driver's head homework on top of all my other homework and there's young women stuff. And I just, everything's so overwhelming and I need to clean my room and anyway, <laughs> all this stuff. So as she's just spewing all this stuff that she needs to do, I said, okay, before you do anything, just go write down everything that's on top. That's like at the forefront of your mind right now, just go put it on paper. Don't worry about organizing it or prioritizing it right now. Just get it on paper. Then go take your shower and calm down, say a prayer, and then let's prioritize it and see what, get it in order. And, and so just kind of put order back and put the spirit and order back into things because it was just feeling like absolute chaos. And so I just, you know, sometimes to just write it down as you're panicking, just get it out there while it's all there. Take a few minutes, do what you need to do. Take your shower, relax, you know, take a nap, whatever you need to do, and then regroup, come back to it. Mm -hmm. And when you have the spirit, then prioritize and, and see how that helps. And, and she did. And ultimately she got back on track again and, at least for that moment. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, it just always stood out to me that you shared that. And almost like our flag analogy that we've been going off of, like all of a sudden these flags are like flying up and you're like, oh, I don't even know which one. And that's when you're like, okay, it's time to raise the right flag, right? It's time to like bring that spirit back in. And I actually tried that. So my boy was having the same thing. He started getting super overwhelmed with school. And I was like, Julie, I remember Julie <laughs> saying like this to like take a step back and go say a prayer, you know, and not, it was, it's like, okay, this child's overwhelmed and we all get overwhelmed too. And it wasn't just like, I'm going to go just take a break and not replace it with anything. It was like this actively thing of regrouping and bringing the spirit in as well. So to me, that was like a great way to add a little more comfort and peace, like build a little better Zion and have like 
like a level of standard that you can always go back to, you know? Right. Yes. That actually reminds me that we often say in our house, have a plan. And it started as like a kind of a funny thing. Cause you know, sometimes as teenagers, they say dumb things that they're like, Oh, that was dumb that I said that. And, and Dave will tease them and say, have a plan before you say something, think about it first, have a plan. But, um, it really applies. If you think about, you know, if you're prepared, you shall not fear. That's what yeah. the scriptures say. And if you can just calm down, make a plan and present it to the Lord and pray about it, everything goes so much better. You're, you don't have to be afraid and stressed and worried. You yeah. just have a plan. Yeah. I remember reading recently this quote and, and she was talking about, I don't know, 15 steps that will help you with prayer or something. And one of them was, he may not always tell me exactly what to do, but he will absolutely tell me if I'm going in the wrong direction. He will stop me if I'm going in the wrong direction. And I love that in, in correlation with what you're talking about. I mean, if you have a plan and you take it to the Lord and then you start moving forward, he's going to tell you if you're going in the wrong way. And so I love that, uh, just those, those two things that finding the spirit and really connecting with the spirit. Cause it seems like in both of your stories, it is really connecting back with the spirit and keeping that in your home opening up opportunities for the spirit to really teach us individually because we can tell each other what to do all we want. But if the spirit is teaching us individually, like, you know, Julie as a mom and your daughter in her plan and you, you guys really open opportunity for that to happen in your home. And I really like that. Thanks. Yeah, I, I totally, it was all those, anything I've said like that, that was the spirit, not me. (laughs) No, and that's because you've given the opportunity for the spirit to be there though. And that's what that's what homes are about. If we can keep that feeling, it is a refuge for us, not only for our children, but also for us as parents when we are dealing with a lot. If we have that access quickly, that we can make those those tiny little words to our kids or to ourselves that are more impactful because the spirit's there to help us. I like how you said that it's a refuge, how you talk about that as a refuge. That also was reminding me of that talk by Joy D. Jones about how she talked about the story of the man. It was training in the military and and he didn't like his training officer because he was so harsh and so specific and precise Mm. about what they, you know, so intense. And then they go to the battlefield and he realized how much he appreciated that that was saving his life, that it's better to be sweating it at home to not worry, you know, even though teenagers are going to rebel and be like, no, I don't want to do that. Why is, why is that so important? Why do I need to follow that rule? Why do I have to do that? Sweat it at home, have those essential conversations at home. So they don't bleed on the battlefields of life. Yeah, mm, so exactly. True. It's so true. Cause I can hear like Dave, as you're saying, what would, what would Jesus think about your sister? I can hear if my mom would have said that to me, I would have been like, are you joking me right now? Like I would have been like, <laughs> my eyes would have rolled. Am I? But you say it long enough, and you say it once, and make my eyes roll. Well, it made me pay attention enough that that's not going to leave me soon. And we do think about it, even the things that we like get bugged with right at first. When we have time to calm down, and we're not in that like angry place in our brain, and we're really thinking, those are the things that stay with you because they were so opposite of where you were, it kind of shocks you into remembering them later, I think. Yeah, we had uh, our oldest daughter who, uh, you know, I was monitoring some of her cell phone activity and realized she'd been spending a fair amount of time on YouTube when she was supposed to be doing homework. And I was, you know, 
sort of chastising her and telling her I was going to restrict her time more on YouTube because, you know, she was apparently struggling to stay focused on her homework. And, uh, uh, she was pretty upset initially, you know, talking about how she, you know, I have friends that say they spend hours a day on TikTok, and um, <laughs> and I spend one hour or two hours a day on this YouTube vlog for Mormon kids, and you get mad at me, and um, you know, and we brought up that uh, sort of sweating at home um, rather than on the battlefield, you know, and we got into a little bit of the conversation about we're we're helping. Ultimately, this is you know your how you're using your time, this sort of good, better, best. Uh, time usage that you're, you know, now is, is going to matter for you when you're a parent as well. And, and started talking to her more uh, as, you know, kind of collaborating with her a little bit more about what it's going to be like for her as a parent and how there could be whole new situations that she has to deal with because my parents never had to worry about me watching YouTube. And it, it kind of changed, like you were saying that initially she was really upset, but as the, the more we kind of talked about uh, why we were doing that, why we were saying those things, uh, it became more of a discussion with her about how, yeah, it is wrong to, to spend too much time on YouTube. You know, there really are better things. And, um, you know, I, I do see kids that are doing those things and maybe their lives aren't what I want my life to be. And, you know, so, and, and it really kind of helped her ultimately sort of, you know, as we really kind of talk through it and you don't, and didn't just make it sort of a, a platitude or a, mm. a, a catchphrase. Right. Um, but really sort of, why are we, why are we talking about this or why are we, um, asking this of you and really kind of talked through that. It really started to help her open up and kind of have a real conversation with us rather than it, us just kind of talking at her. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not just a be more like Jesus. It's more of a conversation and, and, and really trying to understand her point of view or let her contribute a point of view to, yeah. as to what the right answer is. So one thing I had that you were saying come to my mind was when we are having these conversations and more of a discussions, then we catch things so much quicker. We notice what flag is flying higher faster than if we didn't. Yeah. And <laughs> sometimes it's like, Oh man, their, their flag, that flag is way up there. When did that happen? And you almost kind of are disappointed sometimes as a parent. You're like, great. I thought we would avoid this, but I guess we're here. And, but, and I had the, I had the moment like that with my kids. I, that's why I'm relating this a lot. Cause phones sure are special <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But I, I remember having this moment, we were talking to my son about time using on his phone as well. And, and thinking, man, I thought we prepared him for this. I thought we talked about this and we went through all these roles. What happened? And I had a moment where it was like, because you did all those things, you and because you are having conversations, you're able to. This is actually a blessing that you caught this right now, and and I think that's what's so wonderful about having strong standards and and flags that you know you recognize that something is happening, you know, that quicker and yeah. and the spirit can help us to recognize it. And it's not. I mean, kids are kids, and they're gonna mess up. We mess up. Life is messy. But when we can catch it and, and do it, it's such a blessing. And if we look at that more like a blessing that we can see that better, it's it's just more rewarding, I think, in the end. Um, I think when Emily talks about her flags, like we find the flags flying higher all of a sudden, you know, and that happens for me sometimes. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh boy, I'm the parent and my flag is totally out of alignment. Like I have the wrong one on the top, you know, and and it's influencing my children. And I think, 
I think when you have that collaboration, you help, you catch each other. Like even your kids are catching you sometimes going, Hey dad, or Hey mom, like that seems a little out of our standard or out of like what we normally focus on. Well, and really when we do all of this, when we, when we strive to have this, these goals and these standards, like our kids are drawn to that. Like they will, they will realize at least one point that, that our homes were a refuge for them and they can come back and they, and really they're learning what Zion feels like, you know, this place of comfort and, and hope and peace because we are lifting and, and keeping that standard high. Like, I think they, they learn it. Maybe we don't realize it sometimes, but I think they do. And they, there is a power. And when we have that effort that they are blessed from it and we are as well, we all feel that, that comfort and peace of a home when we strive to keep our flags raised in the right order and with knowing that we're going to have to put a little effort and work into it and it will always be worth it. I love that. Um, So this week, if you have been listening and you have felt the spirit prompt you in your home to do something to create a standard or to change the standard in your home, whatever prompting you've received, we encourage you to follow that. Um, and if you haven't received one and you want a little something to try, some of the things that stood out to us, what essential conversations can you be having in your home? What is essential to you? What conversation actually equates to essential for you in your home? And when can you have it? Because you can want to have it, but setting a time when you're going to have it, you can at least reschedule, right? So when are you going to have those conversations with the people that you love in your home? And and maybe they can help you create a standard or maybe you can evaluate that standard in your home together. So we hope you guys have a great week. We are so, so grateful for the Rec 6 coming. Um, it really, really brings so much um learning and growth to us. And it just opens up an opportunity for the spirit to um, teach us as well. So we're so grateful for you guys coming. Thank you. Super fun to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. You guys are awesome, man. I love them. (laughs) She has a maybe small crush. I do. (laughs) All right. You guys have a great week. Bye. 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 We hope you feel welcome and a part of our family here at Simple Joyful Home. As we grow, we think of the places you live and the challenges you face. We think of your constant efforts and your kind hearts. We are blessed to have you with us, and we hope every time you join us, you leave feeling a little stronger, a little more hopeful, and a little more prepared to connect with those you love. And remember, if you liked what you hear, please share it with those you think will benefit. Our focus is our families and our home, so we choose to spend time well, limited time in social media to ensure we have a well-balanced life. We need your help to reach others who would enjoy learning what we talk about here on Simple Joyful Home. We are grateful for you and thank you so much for listening. I'm starting. Hey, thanks you guys for being here with us. Well, that is chipper. for me. <laughs>
Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I agree.